Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. And today I am recording this on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. And uh, I just got finished listening to uh, some information about uh, the shooting that occurred in Nashville uh, with the children and uh, the woman who was uh, responsible as the shooter. And uh, I started to think a little bit about how we could apply that to this whole push-pull-pause process uh, and how we react in stress in in crisis situations, uh, fight, flight, freeze, right? And, you know, I've been talking, you know, about this on and off, but uh, for those of you who might be new, uh, what I'm trying to do is to understand who we are out in the world based on our nervous, our primary default nervous system response to danger. And this is the kind of event where it's an actual stressful event as opposed to, you know, more minor things that happen. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of walk through all of the different responses Uh, But more importantly, I want to try to pull out of that uh, a basic understanding of kind of philosophy I'm trying to extract from all of this. And by stripping away the details and the events, uh, it's a repeating pattern uh, that's really, really simple. And so uh, I'm curious as to your response to these ideas about the simplicity of it, if you can get away from the actual names and details of it. So we're going to take a deep breath. Of course, the minute the dogs have been fighting, uh, I have two one-year-old puppies. And so they've been wrestling. They just laid down. So I thought, oh, maybe I can record this quickly. And of course, they're back up. So we'll see if we can get through this. Uh, You also might hear some movement in the background because I've got my notebook here. I wanted my journal. uh, I wanted to go over. And uh, so I was trying to to put myself into the position of uh, this woman slash uh, self-identified as a man. It was very confusing. They kept calling her a transgender woman. But I think she was a biological woman who perceived that she was a man. And... I, you know, everybody's got an opinion on that. I, I don't think it's as important to talk about whether that's a real thing or not. I think historically there's always been people who have uh, probably been born. They've, you know, we've got hermaphrodites. We have people who are born with mixed up body parts. So there's no point uh, in, th- I mean, there's no big stretch to think that Uh, you know, our hormonal responses or maybe our, you know, previous life memories or there's a whole bunch of reasons why there's probably a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people who are actually uh, confused because they don't feel the way they probably observe other people to feel. And so uh, like with anything, you know, there's a tiny little bit of error in terms of genetic processes. But what's happening now has nothing to do with that and has everything to do with a cultural conditioning process that's been uh, aided and exacerbated by things that we've never had in our history. Uh, One is the 
the uh, assault on our hormones, which is uh, both chemically induced through uh, glyphosates and environmental issues and toxins and and the way we eat, the lack of protein, things like that. Uh, At the same time, with this crushing social media process where... Uh, you just never had the ca- the capacity to influence the way we are now, to condition people the way we can now. So we're really in the middle of something that's been unknown in our recorded history as a process because people used to get real food and the only people that you interacted with were the people who lived in your community. You had tiny tiny circles of influence and you had food that wasn't uh, tainted and you had water that actually uh, was not filled with chemicals as they were raining down from the sky. So we're in a really different period and that has a lot of influence. Uh, I don't, and then we're not, you know, and then there's electromagnetic frequency, which we're not even going to talk about. So, you know, one of the great difficulties about having any kind of conversation is that we are so far away from our physical, biological, human blueprint slash design. Uh, and, and one of the reasons I created the whole human training program, the Primal Human Training Program, is because we are built for a very specific way of being in the world. And 90% of that has been taken away from us. So it's not rocket science to think that we're moving further and further into kind of an insanity because of our basic needs being removed. And we, uh, you know, there's the rat studies where I was just reminded of that, you know, where you, they had, I can't remember when it was that they did this in the 1900s somewhere along the continuum, but they took rats and they put them into a utopia and they ex- they did exactly what they're doing. They had plenty of food. They had everything they needed. Uh, the The girls wanted to be boys. The boys wanted to be girls. They started uh, sexually coming after the baby rats. Uh, they didn't want to participate. I mean, all the things that we see reflected in today's world. There go the dogs. Uh, was mimicked by these rats. And, you know, I had that epiphany a long time ago when I was... Uh, reading the beauty myth by Naomi Wolf and it was her first book and uh, there was a college study that she referenced and it was talking about you know 25 college students who had restricted calories and they started to display very specific behaviors that we associate with anorexia nervosa and when we talk of anorexia nervosa, that's an eating disorder where people, where girls, mostly girls, stop eating, uh, and they start to distribute to uh, do very specific things. Uh, you know, there, there's an obsession of food. There's a cutting up of the food. It's there's all these really interesting things that happen with it. And uh, at the end of the study, she's like, and this was 25 uh, college healthy aged men, boys, men. So it kind of threw everything out the window that everything was an emotional response to food, but that there was a very specific biological process happening when you had calorie restriction. So, 
you know, the whole field of uh, mental and emotional health is, to me, very difficult to understand because of this complete assault on who we are as humans uh, and how influenced we are by things that affect our hormones and our neurotransmitters and our nutrition and our development and our outside and, you know, all these things that are just basic and biologic. Uh, And we don't really talk about that. But to me, that's like this huge elephant in the room. Uh, There's always been mental illness. There's always been depression. But Again, statistically very tiny. Uh, I know when I was reading uh, William Price, or not William, Weston Price, Mental and uh, Physical Degeneration, and he was a dentist who went around the world to see what indigenous people ate. And nobody was depressed and nobody committed suicide. He was ta- speaking to uh, his experience in the South Pacific until they entered processed foods and they started to get cavities and then tooth pain and the pain in the teeth because there was no dentist was so overwhelming anybody who's had you know unrelenting pain understands that that they started to kill themselves they couldn't handle the pain and so there's more we still don't understand but what's happening now I think there's more of an intentional process to it so that's where I wanted to move into next oh my god Why are they like, they've been horrible the last few days. We've had, (sighs) calming down. We've we've been trapped. It's like we're in this tiny little prison pen, the three of us. And they've been really good. But man, the last couple days, it's just been too much. So we're going to pause here. Oh man, I don't even know what just happened here. All right. I hope that I'm still on the same recording. (sighs) Okay. So I can't have you hear me yell at the dogs, which only kind of works temporarily. So we're in a period of time where uh, there's so many things that are influencing us that we can't really understand or control, can't get the crap out of our food for the most part, that it's difficult to even look at any of these issues. But I wanted to step back and talk about Uh, The second thing that's happening. Now, when I talk about push-pull-pause, we're talking about the pressure that we respond to when there's danger or an unwanted event. But I want to go even simpler. I want to talk about just pressure on, pressure off, and how the use of pressure is used to condition us. And, you know, we've seen the concepts and the ideas of gaslighting, brainwashing, mind control uh, come up, you know, that the three-letter agencies, you know, have been trying to use these things to create uh, desired responses, right? The Manchurian Candidate, the uh, MK Ultra, all these things that, you know, are sort of coming out uh, in our awareness that have been going on for quite some time. But Uh, If you really dig deep, it's been happening for a very long time. But once we got media, once we got television, once we got uh, the capacity to get into people's homes, that has escalated into ways that we don't understand the subliminal, you know, the 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 traditional TV rate is 30 frames per second. If you slow that down uh, one frame at a time, you'll see that, you know, there's the insertion of 
ideas, buy this, you know, things like that, which is just basic advertising kind of manipulation to who knows what else is going on, right? And all these uh, underlying messages within our entertainment, uh, within our news, all these, the repetition cycle. So there's all these things that are happening to us that most of us don't take a step back and think about because, you know, we're too busy or we don't care or it's just uh, kind of out of our frame of reference. And all of that can be described as uh, pressure, right? It's all the kinds of conscious and unconscious or subconscious pressures that are put on us. And violence is a response to pressure. And one of the things that happens, what I see happening, is when you have people who are not primarily wired for danger people, you have pause, uh, pull people, you have fight, flight people, when they don't have uh, that natural process within them, like those of us who are fight people, they don't know how to respond to those pressures in the same way. And when there's no release, there's no pressure valve, it is almost impossible to do this podcast with these effing dogs right now. I can't, so, so hard for me to focus on these ideas Oh, waiting for them to go off and one more time. So I'm going to try to respond to this unwanted pressure and refocus. Uh, so when you have a person who is a pause person, a bullied person, a confused person, somebody who's more of a flight freeze person, uh, and we're imposing all these pressures on them, we're creating an unnatural response. And that's what mind control is. That's what gaslighting is. That's what mind brainwashing is. You're using external processes to impose pressure to create a desired result. And that's exactly what's happening, uh, you know, with this, a lot of this transgenderism, uh, you know, it's happening to people who would normally be, uh, quiet people, people who would be, uh, who don't do well. So if you're a fight person and somebody starts telling you that, you know, you're a girl and you want to be a boy, the response would be F you, right? If you are a flight or a freeze person, you know, with enough pressure, eventually you're going to collapse under that pressure. Now, even a fight person uh, under torture will eventually collapse. I mean, it's almost impossible to sustain endless pressure, and that might be through sleep deprivation, uh, through noise, uh, consistency of noise. I mean, there's all kinds of things we can torture people into, but all of that is external pressure. And the relentlessness of pressure creates this demand for relief, right? Uh, all these things that are done to us in environments we can't control, create a, a desired response by the person imposing those pressures. And I started to think about how, uh, when we talked about being a psychopath, they do not respond to pressure in the same way we do, because who else could impose torture and pain uh, more... Uh, more confrontational than perceived. I was thinking about that study where uh, 
you know, they had the, the, the college students, you know, press the button and uh, inflict pain on someone that they couldn't see because the pressure of the authoritarian telling them to do it was greater than the pressure that they heard of the person being tortured. So it's it, the, the issue is when you strip away all these conversational pieces, the, the, the bottom line is how do we respond to pressure? And pressure is usually what we don't want. Now, there's lots of things, you know, pressure to clean the house. You know, there's, there's all kinds of different pressures, but I'm talking about the really the intensity of the pressures of what we don't want, whether that's uh, humiliation, whether it's uh, frustration, uh, not being seen, not being heard, all these things that uh, are part of our response as human uh, can be manipulated uh, and it's the release of pressure. It's the intentional push-pull pause of pressure on somebody and how they're responding to it. And the pressure of things like fear, pain, rage, hunger, uh, most people it's cannot tolerate that indefinitely. We react, we reach out, whether we want to take alcohol or drugs or go for a run or whatever we need to do to relieve that pressure, it becomes a desperation to relieve the pressure. And that's what you see with these uh, people who go do these killings, right? The pressure is unbearable. Now, what the causes of those pressures are, we don't really know because I think there's a lot of things with some of them going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. But as a general perspective, there's a pressure. Uh, I can't stand the way I feel, uh, and I have to relieve that pressure. And uh, the thinking process that I'm going to go out and kill a bunch of people becomes a cultural conditioning process. It's, you know, it's not something that's normal. It's something that's uh, one of the things that happens in, in society is when you... Uh, talk about something a lot, you plant those seeds, right? So we didn't have these kind of mass killings until we started having these mass killings, right? When we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, we plant the seeds, we glorify it, and then it becomes part of a cultural norm. It doesn't just magically just show up. But then I was thinking about the opposite. So if you can imagine, you know, none of us have trouble imagining unwanted pressure, right? Whether it's a headache, whether it's, you know, overwhelmed with too much to do, uh, whether it's gossip, you know, that you're at the mercy of. All these things are just pressures, right? How do we relieve those pressures? And most of us have coping mechanisms to relieve the pressure, uh, and when we don't, sometimes we get help. You know, that would be therapy if you had a good therapist. Or, you know, sometimes people go to medication, which doesn't help with the cause of the pressure. It just masks the symptom. So I'm always hesitant to use that as a default. But I also want to talk about the opposite. So if we think about things like love and joy and gratitude in their pure forms, not somebody who says, I love you, but really want something that you don't want to give. So that's not love, that's pressure, pressure, right? But if you think about the pureness of, you know, looking at puppies and kittens, you know, that that joy, that affection, that adoration, <sighs> except when your puppies are up wrestling all over the bed when you don't want them to. Those emotions don't feel like a relentless pressure 
at you that you need relief from. And so if we simplify everything into this idea of take away the names of what's causing the pressure and just think about it as pressure versus relief from the pressure, right? And, you know, when you are in the presence of unconditional love, there is no pressure at you. You can relax. There's no defense. There's no pushing against. There's no protection of. Uh, Joy is the same way. Gratitude is the same way versus the pressure of fear, the pressure of overwhelm, the pressure of pain, the pressure of of lack, the pressure of need, the pressure of responsibility, all these other things are pressure coming at you. And eventually there's a give point. And so we all have a different response to pressure. Uh, and, and pressure can be positive or negative. So when I talk about wired for danger, you know, that's the people who went in and in this killing situation and didn't hesitate. The officers went in and dealt with it versus the one that happened, uh, I forget which city, where they sat around for over an hour and didn't respond while continuous shooting was going on. In fact, I I talked about that because there was a little mom who just said, screw that, and broke into the school and went and got her kids out. So a real wired for danger person would not be able to sit and listen to somebody shooting children and not respond to it, regardless of what the orders were. And so just because you're a police officer, a soldier, or somebody, a first-line responder, Uh, Just because you have that job does not mean you're a wired for danger person. In fact, that's part of the problem uh, is when people are not wired for these jobs and get into them. But in this case, you had a couple guys who did respond and went in directed into the shooting. That's the real wired for danger part. So that's a little bit separate than what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about this idea of pressure, no pressure, that is all of us. We all respond to pressure, but that is how you manipulate, control, brainwash people is through the intentional push-pull process of pressure and pause. You manipulate the person with pressure and most pressure is perceived unless you're doing actual physical torture. Thank you very much. Uh, Which is why they did it. They tortured people to get responses because Nobody can put up with endless pressure. We all have a breaking point. So I just wanted to bring that up uh, and sort of offer that up as a way to keep moving through these ideas about how we are being manipulated, how we are being mind controlled, and how it's not about looking at one person or a few people and saying uh, they're bad, but we're in the midst of a massive, massive mind control operation. And it's exacerbated by this chemical, nutritional lifestyle process that we have been wildly removed from, which makes us infinitely more vulnerable uh, in ways that 
some people understand, but most of us have not grasped. And that goes into this, you know, comfort and safety conversation I've been having because it's awesome being comfortable, right? It's awesome being warm and fed and entertained and with the absence of pressure, but we also stop functioning as human beings and then we become perverse. And so positive pressure is important. Stress is important. It's how we function as human beings. All of nature has pressure in it, but it's the understanding of the use of pressure is how we are manipulated. And so the invitation in these processes when I talk about this isn't to, you know, go, oh, that's nice, but to step back and start thinking about our own personal responses to pressure and start taking the labels off of them. Like for me right now, it's like if the dogs would just stop wrestling and whining and doing all these other things, because I can't go out, it's dark out, we can't go for a walk yet. Uh, The pressure is that I'm frustrated because I can't give them what they need. They're frustrated because they can't get what they need and nobody's going to get their way right now because I can't, like I keep telling them, I can't make it stop snowing, right? I don't have control over the, (laughs) the elements and they don't understand that. You know, I can't give them a bigger house. They don't understand that. So just naming the pressure isn't helpful in terms of understanding how to relieve yourself from this, but understanding the concept of pressure uh, itself and how we can start having a different conversation in our head about it and being observant, like what is out in the world that's pushing on us as pressure that we're being manipulated and controlled through. And usually that's some kind of fear, right? I'm afraid I'm going to lose my money. I'm afraid that, uh, you know, the, the electricity is going to go out. All these other, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid I'm going to uh, be sick and you know, not be able to heal. And so these are all pressures. So I just wanted to kind of go over that because, you know, as I was listening to the, everybody's uh, not listening a lot, but you know, it's kind of hard to get away from the commentary uh, in in the overview when we have one of these significant events is that it's not normal for a girl to think she's a boy and her response to it to go kill a bunch of children. That is not a normal response for anybody. So that becomes a conditioned cultural experience. And, and to ask why uh, really moves into what are we culturally producing and why is that happening? And and why we don't respond to that at the cause and just focus on the effect, right? Which is, you know, how dare you do that versus why are people having these experiences in the first place? And that gets back to the responsibility for all of us. So deep breath, my friends. All right. That's my thinking process for the morning. Uh, and I will see you hopefully next time.